This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas, Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief of GreenLivingIdeas.com, and my guest today is Colin Ingram, who is an author of a book called The Drinking Water Book, and he's also an author on the GreenLivingIdeas.com site. Colin, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Sean. So, we're here today to talk about drinking water. Uh, very, very important. Uh, we're, our bodies are made up. What, what is the what's the uh, currently accepted figure for a percentage that our bodies made up of water? Oh, it's about ninety percent. So you know, so it's certainly an important aspect of our lives. But but one of of much um, there's much controversy, I guess you could say, out there with regards to products that are sold to uh, allegedly filter our water and make it pure and clean. Um, and I'm hoping you can maybe help our audience uh, clear some of that up today, and certainly for myself as well, because I'm confused as well. Uh, so maybe we just start by, t- tell us about the inspiration. When did you first write the book? What was going on then? And t- tell us about how it's sort of been, uh, things have progressed since then. Well, I was living in a, in a uh, very remote area where the water was supposedly pristine and there was a lot of cancer in the area. And so I began to investigate, found out that there were trace elements of various toxic things in the water. And uh, the state I was living in began what's called a gray wash. You've heard of a white wash. Mm-hmm. A gray wash is where they uh, admit that something is wrong, but they spread the blame around so so many ways that you can't really put your finger in anything. So I decided to uh, undertake uh, my own research, and I spent about four years uh, researching uh, drinking water in every aspect of drinking water, and uh, uh, some of these uh, books were a result of that. Okay. So uh, the original book came out, I think, about... 16 years ago, is that right, yes. 91? Mm-hmm. And so how have things, or have they, have they changed? And if, if they have, how have they changed since then? Well, some new products uh, have come out uh, during that time that uh, do a better job of uh, purifying water. Uh, but otherwise, uh, not really much has changed. So uh, where are we? I mean, how bad is it? It's amazing that such a simple thing as water it's, you know, it's, is, is so convoluted with regards to conventional wisdom uh, or purported conventional wisdom about what should or shouldn't be in it or what constitutes clean water and, and, and uh, you know, certainly I think bottled drinking water and the advent of bottled drinking water and the popularity of it ha- has also complicated issues a, a bit as well. But I'm just curious about these, you know, the filters on the market. I mean, I think everybody, it's safe to say that everybody wants to drink clean water. If you're, if you're a sane, rational person, you want to drink water that's, that's clean and healthy and doesn't have horrible things. So I think maybe the first place to start is what are some of the worst things that are in water and what are the typical sources or areas of the country where you see those types of substances? Well, it's a mixed bag, Sean. It depends on where you live. There are different uh, pollutants in different regions of the country. But uh, to give you some, uh, some context uh, for this, the federal government, uh, the EPA, uh, mandates testing for somewhat over 100 
different kinds of uh, pollutants in water. But there are, oh, maybe 150, 160,000 industrial chemicals in use today. And there are trace amounts, very, very tiny amounts of these things in almost everything. And so it's a, it's a big guessing game. Um, they simply cannot test for everything. So really it comes down to finding the worst and then reducing the numbers down to, I mean, are, are, there, are there things that aren't being tested for that are in our water that we don't even know about? Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, that's frightening. Okay. Can you give, do you have any examples of... of uh... Well, let's take something that we do know about uh, that's uh, the most common thing in tap water, and that's uh, chlorine. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, the, the waterworks people do a terrific job of, in general, of uh, disinfecting water uh, to avoid infectious disease. But um, there are so many things that are possible in water that they don't test for and they have no knowledge of. And here's another example. Um, most of our water mains in the United States are made of cement asbestos. These are cement asbestos pipes, and they're quite, uh, quite old now, uh, many of them 50, 60, 70 years old. And there's a lot of stuff that comes off of those pipes into our tap water. So even if the waterworks did a wonderful job of cleaning it up, the distribution system adds more pollutants to our water. Uh, here's another thing. Um, when, when the Environmental Protection Agency or other agencies test for toxicity, they test one item alone. But there's this thing called synergy, and that is what happens when you have a big mix of many, many different pollutants together. Uh, is it more toxic or not? Well, we don't know. Uh, that's a big guessing game, too. Hmm. So sort of how these compounds and, and chemicals are, are interacting with one another, yes. whether or not they're sort of, for example, neutralizing one another in certain ways or not? Yes. Okay. That's an interesting Our logic in the, in the drinking water book is that we have an overall toxic load that, uh, that uh, comes from everything, from the air we breathe, the water we drink, the clothes we wear, almost everything. And my uh, feeling is that uh, whatever we can do to reduce the overall toxic load is beneficial. And that's what I've tried to recommend in this book. Okay, well, can you give us some highlights uh, from the book in terms of best practices? What would you recommend to our listening audience today? To- well, I start out with a bunch of things called quick tips and, uh, um, that, uh, that are very simple and don't cost anything. Uh, for example, if you get your drinking water from a tap, let the water run at full flow for at least 10 seconds, and then slow it down to half flow or less to fill your container. Uh, running at full flow will flush out pollutants that have attached uh, to the faucet components of the pipes, and then reducing the flow will make it less likely that other pollutants are detached. So give it about 10 seconds at full flow and then reduce it, then fill your container. Okay. Should I go on? Yeah, please. That's great. Okay. Here's another tip. If you'd like water for a hot drink, always draw cold water from your tap and heat it. Resist the temptation to draw hot water from the tap because there's a much greater chance that pollutants will be coming from your hot water heater. Ah, interesting. Well, we'll take whatever you'll give us here, Colin. <laughs> these, are, these are great. Here's another quick tip. I don't want you to have to give away the store, by the way. I'm sensitive to that. So, you know. <laughs> no, that's, no problem. No problem. If you use any kind of a water filter that's portable or detachable, 
uh, in your house, store the filter in your refrigerator huh. whenever it's not in use. Uh-huh. And this will greatly slow the growth of any microorganisms in the filter. Okay. That's, uh, that's interesting. Ours is underneath our sink, which is kind of warm under there near the garbage disposal and everything. Yeah. So. But if you have some of these inexpensive things like a pitcher, a pitcher filter where you just uh, you just uh, pour water into the pitcher. Like the Brita. You can take and... out the little cartridge and store that in the refrigerator. Ah, okay, to retard the growth microorganisms. Okay, that makes sense. Um, here's another one. If you're using bottled water, once bottled water has been opened for two days or so, store it in the refrigerator also mm-hmm. for the same reason, to retard the growth of, uh, of microorganisms. Uh, if you don't mind me, even though I'm, I'm nowhere near the, have the expertise that you have in this, I, one that I heard about elsewhere was also with bottled with water containers of any kind. I heard this, and maybe you can actually confirm or deny this for me, the ver- veracity of this, but it, it makes sense taking that container, putting it in the freezer for a short period of time on a regular basis to retard, again, growth of bacteria and such. Uh, rather than people sort of keep their water bottles out all the time, and they, it's, it's a way to sort of as a regular practice. Have you heard of that one, or does that make sense? I have, and there's probably some benefit of that as long as it doesn't burst the container. Sure, yeah. A lot of the, well, it's interesting because a lot of the containers that, that it works well for, they don't burst, but so a lot of them are made of Lexan, which leaches toxic you know, right. uh, polymers into the into the. Here's another interesting waters. tip about, uh, about uh, storing water and about bottles. Uh, for those of, of the uh, the uh, listeners who are using distilled water, don't keep distilled water in plastic bottles. Distilled water is what's called very aggressive chemically. That is, all the minerals have been taken out of it. It's in an unnatural state, and it tries to get back into it whatever it possibly can. So it grabs uh, pollutants from plastic if you store distilled water in a plastic bottle. Huh. So if you're using distilled water, change it into a glass or stainless steel container. It, don't they typically ship distilled water in plastic bottles as well? Uh, yes, they do, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, when, so then it comes down to a question of for how long it's been in that plastic container already sort of going through that process. There's another little, little tip I think is very, very important. Uh, I mentioned that... Um, Chlorine is the, the, the primary disinfectant in the United States for all our tap water. But one thing that the public health officials don't tell you is that there are definite links between long-term ingestion of chlorine and various types of cancers and other diseases. Um, so one of the things I recommend in this book is whatever you're doing, don't drink tap water on a long-term basis. So in lieu of that, you would recommend what? Uh, a good quality of bottled water, a good quality of machine-vended water, or a good quality water purifier. But see, and that brings up another question, which is, you know, well, and I'll take these separately because I'm, I'm really I'm curious about this, and I know a lot of people are out there. Uh, you know, first, we've heard these reports recently of companies who have been selling bottled water. How do we trust our bottled water? Because I know there's companies that are bottling out of the tap and then selling it back to us for several dollars a bottle. And, you know, basically, who do we know who to trust in the bottled water market, for example? Well, um they're not they're, the water that you're getting in bottled water. Um, most of it is not just water out of the tap. It's tap water that has been highly treated through a, or often a six or seven stage, water purification process. So it's very much better than the water that comes out of the tap. 
Yeah, there was a recent news story, and I I, um, I believe it was Dasani, uh, which is the Coca-Cola company, and there was one other one that when they tested the water, they, the, it was equivalent in terms of the contents to what would come out of the tap in that area, and that was the um, that was the actually the, the assertion that was made in this particular news story. So that's what I was referring to. Well, uh, in this drinking water book, it gives us several tips on on what kind of bottled water to uh, purchase. Okay. Uh, there are um, basically three types of bottled water. It's what's called drinking water, or either distilled or purified water, and the third is spring water or natural source water. Uh, take the the latter first. In general, I don't recommend it people. I don't recommend people using spring water or natural source water because some of the springs have actually been shown to have naturally occurring pollutants in them. Hmm. So unless you're willing to do your homework and make sure that the company tests for their spring water, uh, I don't recommend that you use that. Hmm. Okay. The other and two categories are drinking water or purified water. Okay, so yeah, because a lot of these have become marketing terms, and it's, you know, because spring water sounds really good, but it does. when you say it that way, it doesn't sound so good suddenly. But once again, you can you can simply call uh, any of these companies and request their uh, water test for their water, and I recommend doing that if you're going to buy spring water. Okay. What about with regards to? Obviously, there's a huge industry that's grown up with regards to water purification systems, whether it's the un- under counter or over counter or pitcher type or with the filters, and I mean a million different ways. And uh, you know, can you give us a, any tips about w- which of those systems might be better than others? Well, that's a little bit more complicated, Sean. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not especially interested in pushing this uh, this book, but but in the book I I, uh, I evaluate. Oh, every type of water purifier that's uh, on the market. And you'd really have to do something like that to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will, say, I will say this, that almost every water purifier that's on the market is better than drinking tap water. Okay. So, so you're not aware of any that, that are maybe making things worse? Like for, I was thinking of, I don't know what conventional wisdom is these days about the charcoal filters or if those are even still well, heavily the problem used. with charcoal filters. Imagine that you have a dark, warm, wet place with water sitting in it. What do you suppose happens? In yeah, that? the growth of microorganisms. That's right. It grows microorganisms. So if you're using any, any system that has a, uh, a charcoal filter in it, or any filter for that matter, always flush the water for uh, oh, 10 to 20 seconds at least uh, before you use it for drinking or cooking. And, and as I mentioned earlier, if you possibly can, store the filter in the refrigerator to retard the growth of microorganisms. Okay. Now, there's been some tests done on the type of microorganisms that grow in filters, and nobody knows exactly for sure uh, to what degree that's harmful or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. All good information, and we certainly appreciate you sharing it. Um, did you have any other tips or information that you want to leave our audience with today? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Again, uh, in general, I would say, if you possibly can, don't drink tap water on a long-term basis. Uh, if you're going to choose bottled water, uh, uh, choose it from a store that sells a lot of water so it's not standing a long time. Choose a brand that's well-known, and uh, preferably use dr- the, the uh, bottled water that's called drinking water. 
Okay. Well, great. Well, Colin Ingram has been my guest today. He is a water expert and the author of the Drinking Water book, which you can find on Amazon.com. Uh, he is spelling of his name is C-O-L-I-N-I-N-G-R-A-M, if you're using the search feature on that site. And again, it's the Drinking Water book. Colin, thank you so much for being on the program, and we certainly look forward to uh, seeing some of your content on the Green Living Ideas site in the near future as well. Thank you, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.